Hi there, and welcome back to The Literacy Squad, a podcast for teachers where we tackle educators' questions on all things literacy. Today's episode is all about helping a class of students who read at varying levels. If you have students in your classroom who are reading below or above their grade, this is the episode for you. In this episode, we review strategies in both secondary and primary classrooms, and our literacy specialists have great tips for engaging all types of readers from identifying levels to what, when and why they should read. This episode is again brought to you by Literacy Planet's Annalise Mitchell and Kylie Della Valley. Annalise is a literacy specialist who's worked as a high school English teacher for over 10 years and has trained beginner teachers in literacy from early childhood to high school level for six years. Her co-presenter Kylie is a literacy specialist who has worked as a K-2 teacher for over 18 years and was an assistant principal for 14 of those years. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Literacy Squad. My name's Annalise and I'm here with Kylie. Hey Kylie. Hi Annalise. Hey mate. Our listeners have asked uh, how do we help children read if they are one or two levels below their grade level? And this is a very good question because it's something that as a teacher I experienced all the time where, you know, I'll be teaching grade seven, but I'll have students that were reading like at a year four, five grade level. And I'd also have the opposite uh, where students, you know, I'm teaching grade seven and they'll be perhaps reading at a year 10 level. So um, in your classroom, you have a variety of reading levels. And uh, that's something that you, you need to be able to juggle, understand how you can best give those students what they need. Oh, I'm really interested to hear how you tackle that at the high school level. My experience is in the kindergarten year one, year two. So even though there is a range of uh, reading levels, it's maybe not as great as you would see in the high year level. So really interested to see what strategies you use and if they're the same as the types of things we would be doing with the younger students. For sure, no. And I think that there probably are a few things that will um, cross over. And then yes. um, unique things to um, each circumstance. So th- there are a range of strategies and um, none of them are better than the other. They all interrelated. One of the first things that teachers need to do is to check the child or student's reading level. So to understand what their reading level is so that you can pitch books or provide them with books that are going to help them be able to improve their reading comprehension. The best way to do that is to use a running record. Uh, You can download uh, running record templates online, which will provide a link in the podcast notes. You can also, there are apps that you can use that can help you determine their uh, reading level. And the best strategy to to use really is to pick a book that you think they're reading at. So if they're in, let's just say they're in year five, And it's usually um, the best practice is to start with a book that's probably at a year four reading level. And a little bit later, I'll talk about how to find those particular books so that you can determine what is a year four book and what is a year five book. But yeah, essentially, you you begin with a book that's about one or two levels lower than where you think they're at. And you copy and paste. You can, if, if it's an online book, you can copy and paste a paragraph and put that into the running record or you can yeah, type out the paragraph if it's in a hard copy that you're that you're using in the classroom and that uh, um, enables you to use that um, piece of text to actually see what the student's uh, reading fluency is like and that you'll end up being able to rate them and you're you're pretty much aiming for a uh, reading fluency level that's above above 90 percent between 90 and 95 percent so that that's the first thing that you need to do uh, did you use running running records much Kylie in- I did so in um, k to two we use them all the time the reading levels of students 
increase very rapidly in those early years. So I literally did running records every single week for students so that I was always on top of what their reading levels were and I was able to adjust the um, instructional texts to match their reading levels. Um, but something that I just heard you say, so it sounds like you had to create your own running records based on texts that were relevant for your students, um, whereas I always used commercially produced kits where there would be a reader with the matching running record. So it's really interesting to hear that you can create them yourself. I hadn't thought of that. And that would often be a good thing to do if you had run out of text at a particular level within the commercial kit, but you still need to keep testing a student at a certain level. So thanks for sharing that tip. That's a no, Yeah, you find out with the upper years, yeah, that that's harder to find, um, particularly if you've got children that reading um, several levels below but you're wanting to give them books that you know that you think that they're going to be interested in. And that's one of the things that I, I found in the upper years. When you're testing their re reading ability, you want to give them books that you know that they're going to be interested in and that they don't think, oh, that's just a childish book or you're giving me a book here that is meant for lower readers than my, you know, or um, children that are much younger than me. And this is obviously easier when you get to know your students and you start to, if you've got a particularly reluctant reader or a boy that, you, you know, um, I do remember some um, boys that were really saying to me, miss, I'm not interested in reading. I don't want to read. But then when you got to know them, you would say, hey, I know you like robots. Here's a really good robot book, you know. Mm, or, yeah. I, I, and there was one, I remember one particular boy in grade nine and he was always, he was a comedian and he'd, he'd be always trying to do something else other than, than, than read. And I knew that he was interested in Blackhawks, the Air Force um, type airplanes. And yes. as soon as I gave him a book on that, he was interested. Yeah, and, perfect. And that was something that I, I think is probably the best strategy. As soon as they're interested in it, they're much more likely to um, want to read and that'll really improve their comprehension. And I think they can grow in leaps and bounds. Absolutely, because it actually gives them a purpose for reading. I, I really want to find out more about this particular topic of interest and it gives them a reason for learning to read and wanting to read. That's Even in the younger years, that's a great strategy that we use as well. And it doesn't really matter, even if it's not a book, it could be a website, it could be a comic, mm. it could be a magazine. If it's something of interest, it gives them the purpose Absolutely. Yeah. And, and some students love fiction and, and some not like some of them prefer nonfiction. Like it really depends on the student uh, after having done the reading fluency test, you'd need to find a book that's pitched where they're reading between 90 and 95% accuracy. So that, that that's really important. And one of the best ways to do that is there is in Australia, there's a ACES online torch test that you can do for reading comprehension. It is a paid test, but some teachers, some schools have access to this and it enables you to actually find the your, your child or your student's reading comprehension level. And if, if you're not in Australia, um, there's also Renaissance's star reading tests that you can also use. And they, again, accurately determine what the student's reading comprehension level is. And, and they'll, they'll tell you, you know, what their Lexile level is. Uh, Renaissance even has a tool. It's like an online book finder, which we'll include in the podcast notes. And that it even helps you find books in your library, in your school's library, that are actually pitched at the um, reading level that the student... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That sounds awesome. You know, it's really, really good. And what you find with Renaissance, I think they've got like 200,000 books that they've leveled. Oh, wow. oh my and goodness. Yeah, it, it'd be a challenge to find a book that's not in there. And even if the, if the book's not in there, and even if you don't have a paid subscription to Renaissance, 
you can actually send them a book for them to level and they they will include it yeah yeah uh, reading levels so they're they're constantly updating i think it was like a year ago it was 100 a couple of years ago it was 180,000 now it's 200,000 so you can see that they're growing in leaps and bounds that's that's fantastic because one of the challenges is actually selecting books that are appropriate in terms of the text they contain but still appropriate for the student's age and their interest level that's it's a real challenge for teachers to be able to tick all of those boxes yes particularly for reluctant readers you just really want to get it right for them that's right and yeah and that, and, that, and what's really good about renaissance's book finder is that you can find those topics that they're really interested in and um and really there isn't a topic that's not there it's the, it's so that, good it's that you can really there. make a difference for a student using a tool like that yeah it's fantastic the, the amount of things that you can use for um online that are free uh is just just amazing right uh, well, thanks for sharing that <laughs> excellent renaissance's atos tool and that's what it's called it's uh atos a-t-o-s mm-hmm. um and yep. that's a book finder tool but Lexile also has one as well, uh, and I'll include those uh, the links in the podcast notes. And both of those tools are free, uh, and they will help you choose the book that your child or your students are most likely interested in. You know, you can also give them a variety. Obviously, not too many. You don't want to give them, hey, here's twenty books to choose from. Yes. Uh, yeah. But giving them about three is probably um, the best. Is that what you found? Like just minimizing how much choice because. They get overwhelmed. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And you know that even yourself as an adult, having some choice so that you have some ownership over what you're reading is great. But if you get too many, it's just overwhelming. And then maybe you can't choose anything at all. So three sounds great. Three to five, maybe for the older students. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, for the younger students, three sounds like the perfect number. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember like giving them heaps of choice when I first started teaching and I, I could see that they weren't going to choose and or they yes. would get overwhelmed and they would even disengage. Yeah. Totally. Uh, yes. And the final one um, is just something that we often overlook is, is just enabling the child or student to self-select. So saying, hey, well, what books do you like reading? Finding out what it is they want to read and giving them the opportunity to read when they're ready what's um, time of day do they they most like like to read or what stage of the class with older students uh, I would actually have a a routine each week where we've got reading time but also um, if they've finished their work or giving them like incentives to finish their work then they've they've, they've got you know a bit of reading time uh, quiet reading time so it, it really depends on the student and the class and the year le- years as well, because I'd imagine in the early years, Kylie, you would select particular time periods to read. We definitely did for guided reading. Are you looking for the time where the students are most fresh, which is uh, usually that first two hours of the day for the really little ones, but then providing lots of opportunities throughout the day for modelled reading where I'd be reading to them or independent reading. Again, exactly as you said, if they finished their work early, they could select their own book and we'd have like a comfy reading corner or um, actually in one of my classrooms I had a huge blow-up swimming pool and filled it with pillows and the kids used to love getting in there with their books. So even just having different environments in the classroom would encourage them to want to read. If that was the only thing you could do in there was read, they'd, they'd be happy to finish their work, grab a book and go and jump in the pool with a pillow, get cosy and read for a while. Um, so it sounds, yeah, obviously age appropriate, um, but similar strategies to what you're using in the high school classroom. 
That's right. And then did you use much um, digital books like ebooks and stuff like that? Um, We would use interactive whiteboard stories, um, but that would be for a whole class level, not so much for individual students. And then we had limited access to iPads. And so because we're sharing those with other classes in the school, we didn't really have the time to use them during free time. It was more structured activity. But certainly if I had access to iPads more readily, that would be something I'd love to do with students to have readers available for them to look at. Yeah, one of the um, challenges that I found in the classroom was students that were having finding reading very challenging. One of, one of the strategies that I used to tackle that was to give them audio books so they, they could actually listen to the book being read to oh, them. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, and that, that I found, um, you know, if, it, if it's particularly engaging, it had a two-pronged effect. It would increase their interest in um, reading. So that was really like that actually get more engaged, but it would build their foundational knowledge and their comprehension so that they would, it would even improve their understanding of what, what they were um, not only listening to, but as they were reading other books, it would improve their comprehension because they're oh, able to relate. Good. Yeah. So um, I find um, audiobooks are a really, really powerful strategy for developing um, understanding and, and, and um, igniting interest in fiction and nonfiction topics. So they actually get, became a lot more interested in what they were reading. That just takes me back to probably not many classrooms have it now, but certainly when I was at school and when I was first teaching where we had the listening post in the classroom where the students would all sit around a device, probably a tape recorder, and put on a um, pair of headphones and every student would have their individual text and they'd read along while somebody was reading the book to them. Yes, yeah. And that really was enjoyable. I I remember that. I used to love it when that came up as a, one of the um, rotations in literacy groups where you could just go and listen to a story. <laughs> no, exactly, yeah. And they love that. And it's, it's a chance for them to just enjoy the process. So rather than yes. being always required to read themselves, they can relax and, and take it in and, um, and it's having that, the effect of improving their understanding. That's a great strategy. Love it. Yeah, it is awesome. And now with the, the amount of books that are available, they're really lucky. Like I think most books have an audio version. Don't yes. They? they could access anything. So yeah, good. Which is very different. Um, like 10, 15 years ago in teaching, like there wasn't, there was nowhere near the ability. I think I still remember cassettes being available in the classrooms. Yeah. Same. If you wanted an audio book, you'd have to source one and you were quite limited to what you could actually choose. Yes, that's right. So let's sum up all the strategies that help build reading comprehension. So the first strategy was to ensure you check reading level fluency. So using the running record to help you with that. And then you can pitch the right book to, to your student. So secondly, was to select the appropriate book once you've got the understanding of what reading level they have and what they're interested in, which is most important. And then thirdly, to choose books within their reading level, to um, use Lexile or ATOS to help you with that. And the final one to, yeah, give them the opportunity to select the books that they want to read and um, giving them possibly audio books to improve their, not only their comprehension, but to ignite their interests in more topics and understanding of the world around them. All right. Well, Thank you, Carly, for joining me today and discussing uh, what we can do to improve our um, child or uh, student's reading comprehension. All right. Well, 
To help you get the most out of the Literacy Squad podcast, we'll include our show notes in the podcast notes and as well as those links that um, we refer to in today's show. And thank you for listening. And if you have any questions that you'd like us to answer, please send them in to podcast at literacyplanet.com. And we'll see you next time. Bye for now. Thanks, guys. Another great conversation with some wonderful ideas. It's really interesting to go into the challenges teachers face in providing personalised attention to their reading needs. Thank you for tuning in today for this episode. If you have anything to add to today's topic or even send us questions for future shows, please contact the Literacy Squad at podcast.literacyplanet.com. Send us your thoughts and we're always looking for ways to help teachers. We'll add show notes to this episode with all the resources Annalise and Kylie mentioned. Until next time, Literacy Squad signing out.